Hey everyone, this is John Mauser. I'm a fishing guide and a rod builder on the Crystal Coast of North Carolina. I'm using this podcast to build a relationship with all of you and to tell some stories along the way that will hopefully entertain, educate, and inspire everyone who's listening. This is the True Tales Podcast Show. How's it going, everybody? I hope you all are having a fantastic week so far. It's been pretty busy for me this week between fishing charters and prepping for our upcoming saltwater fly fishing school this weekend, but I didn't want to let a week go by without putting out an episode, so I was thinking this morning about what might be a good topic to talk about today, and what came to mind was good habits for saltwater anglers who are sight casting fish on fly. These are all the little things that a beginning angler or maybe even intermediate anglers may not think about. They're things that are gained through experience and through making mistakes. All the little habits that add up to really increase your odds of catching fish when sight casting them will fly. So I'm going to go through a few of these things in no particular order. Being that I mostly guide for redfish on the flats, you know, crawling fish in mud, tailing fish in grass, A lot of my perspective comes from that point of view, standing on the back of a skiff, watching an angler on the front as we look for redfish in dirty or maybe even clean water and make casts to them. That being said, a lot of what I'm going to talk about could also pertain to bonefish or tarpon or snook or permit or nearshore fishing for albacore or mackerel or bluefish. So you kind of have to take it and Put it in your own scenario and adapt from there. First good habit that comes to mind is always being ready. And when you break that down, I guess the first thing to talk about is is your ready position. So standing on the front of a skiff, looking for fish, a lot of times when the fish does pop up, it comes down to how quick you can make a cast off to that fish. And that has to do with whether or not you're ready to make that cast to that fish. So as an angler standing on the skiff, looking for fish that may pop up right in front of you or 50 feet away or wherever they pop up, being in ready position is going to give you a great advantage to getting cast off quickly and properly to those fish. And when I think of ready position, I think of having at least the amount of line that you're going to cast or that you can potentially cast stripped out onto the deck of the boat, into your stripping basket, onto your stripping mat, you know, wherever the line is, making sure that it is in order that you have enough line and leader at your rod tip to properly load your rod to start the cast and that you're holding the fly right above the fly on the tippet or holding the bend of the hook ready to cast. Over the years, we've missed shots on fish where the fly line has slipped off the side of the boat and is wrapped around some Spartina grass or it's even worse wrapped around the trim tab or the prop on the boat or that the fly is dragging in the water and is snagged on grass. And then when that fish shows up and you have only a few seconds to take advantage of that opportunity, you go to make your cast and you're snagged and you can't make that cast. So being in ready position is very important when increasing your odds of catching fish while sight fishing them. You know, as you go along and you're looking for those fish, always be mindful of your line management. A little bit of a breeze can blow your fly line around a cleat or around a pair of flip flops that are left in the bottom of a boat or around your cooler handles, 
or off the deck of the boat and wrapped around the grass. So always be mindful of where your line is, that you have enough line out your rod tip and that you know where your fly is and that it's not snagged on anything. Another part of always being ready is being on a constant lookout for opportunities. When I'm standing on the front of a skiff, I try to keep my head on a swivel. I'm constantly scanning for fish. I'm really spending a lot of my time looking where I can make a cast. If I feel like I can see fish within 50 feet of the boat and I can make a cast of fish within 50 feet, well, that's where 70% of my focus is going to be. At the same time, out of the corner of my eye, I'm looking off farther than that. I'm looking 75, 100, 200 feet out. I'm looking for pushes and wakes and all those other signs of fish so that although my major focus is on those immediately available casts, I'm also always on the lookout for opportunities before we get within casting range of fish. So always be on the lookout. Another part of always being ready is don't hesitate. Sometimes I'll be on the back of my skiff pulling along with an angler on the front and a fish will pop up 20 feet in front of us and I'll call that fish out to the angler and they'll see the fish and they're not making a cast. And the fish is in a good position. The fish hasn't noticed us. It's a great shot and they're hesitating. And I'm not always sure exactly what that reason is for the hesitation, but I can tell you that when opportunities show up like that, those moments are fleeting. So don't hesitate. When you, when you see a fish, always be ready for it and then start your cast right away. Start dissecting it as you're making your cast. Is the fish aiming left? Is the fish aiming right? How fast is the fish moving? How far do I need to lead the fish? Work all of that stuff out, but don't hesitate. As soon as you find that fish, go ahead and start to make your cast if he's within casting range. Otherwise, your opportunity may disappear before you realize it. And along that lines, also... Make sure your cast counts. So if you're a good caster out to 50 feet and the fish is 70 feet away and the person on the back of the boat is pulling the skiff or you're trolling motoring to this fish and you can't make the cast yet, then don't make the cast. You need to make sure that you're within range that you can make an accurate cast to it. Make that cast count. Someone that I learned a lot about fly fishing from when I got my start told me something that really stuck with me. And I'll have to give you a PG version of it for the podcast. But basically he said, John, one good cast is better than three crappy casts. Make your first cast count because it may be the only cast you get. So there's no need to start swinging at a fish if you can't hit them yet. There's no need to make 15 false casts as we're approaching the fish to get in range. Wait until you're in range and you confidently can make that cast and then present that fly to that fish. That being said, if the fish pops up and when you first see it, he's within range to make that cast, then don't hesitate. So those are the things I think of when I think about always being ready. Here's another good habit. Know what you're looking for. First off, when I think about looking for fish underwater and dealing with glare and reflections, good eyewear is of utmost importance. When anglers book a charter with me, I generally have everything on the boat they need from fishing gear to food and drinks to sunscreen and bug spray. But the one thing I tell them to make sure they bring is a good fitting pair of polarized sunglasses in a color that will properly allow them to see the fish in the areas we're fishing. And another part of knowing what you're looking for is looking both near and far. We kind of spoke about this earlier, 
but focus most of your time looking where you can make an immediate cast for those opportunities that pop up right in front of you. And then also give a small percentage of your time looking beyond your casting range for opportunities that you can work towards and hopefully make a cast once those fish become in your casting range. Another good tip as far as knowing what you're looking for is look in places where you can actually see what you're looking for. As you scan across the water, you'll see reflections of the sky and the clouds. If you're near a shoreline, you may see reflections of the grass or a tree line. You'll have blue sky. You'll have white sky reflections. Some areas will be just glare from the sun. In some areas, you can see really well to the bottom. There's no need to spend time looking in the places that you can't really see the bottom or possibly see fish. So if I'm working an edge and I've got a tree line or Spartina grass line, and it's cutting the glare from the sky and allowing me to see better, I'll spend most of my time looking in those areas to increase my odds of seeing fish. Another part of knowing what you're looking for is knowing what to expect when you actually see those fish. You know, some circumstances when I'm fishing, we have clear water scenarios and we can see the fish, the entire fish. We can see its shape. We can see its color. We can see its movement. But a lot of places we fish if we're actually seeing the fish, we're not seeing all of that. We may see a color change. We may see that color move. So, you know, I may be looking in muddy water, but looking for pinks and orange of redfish. I may be looking for the blue edging on their tail and I'm looking for those things moving. So, so going into those situations, figure out what you need to expect. Are you just looking for color and movement? Are you looking for complete fish? When you have that idea in your mind, as you go along, it'll help you see those fish better. Know if you're just looking for pushes and wakes. Know if you're looking for muds. But if you know what to expect, you'll really increase your odds of seeing those fish earlier on. The last thought as far as knowing what you're looking for is to know what to ignore. So when you're out on the flats and you're looking for redfish or bonefish or permit or snook or tarpon, there's a lot of other stuff going on. There's a lot of bait fish. There's a lot of other things currents and things that move the water. You've got seaweed and rock bottoms and oyster shells and all these other things that'll fool your eyes. You know, here in coastal Carolina, 95% of what we see is mullet and the mullet get big and the mullet put on a show and they do a really good redfish impersonation if you're not used to seeing the difference between mullet and redfish. So learning what to ignore will help you cut down your time casting and focusing on things that are not your actual target. The next good habit that comes to mind for me is be sneaky. Conceal your presence. When fish are up on the flats and they're, and they're up shallow, they may be hunting for food, but they're also very aware of the things around them that can turn them from a predator into prey. You know, they may be looking overhead for eagles and ospreys, raccoons and otters, larger predatory fish or sharks, alligators, dolphins, so they're very aware of their surroundings. So before you ever see a fish, you need to be focused on concealing yourself so that you're not giving up the fact that you're in their area. One of the biggest parts of sight fishing fish on flats is to find happy fish and keep them happy. Be careful not to slam things. Don't pick up the cooler lid and drop it while your buddy's sight casting a fish. Try not to kick your shoes off and drop them on the deck of the boat. Throw down a soda can. If you're pulling a skiff along, try not to scrape the hull on the oyster shells. 
I'm terrible about that. And I let everybody in the neighborhood know I'm there when I do that. Be careful about push pole placement. Try not to bang your push pole into the oyster shells as you're pulling up to a school of tailing fish. Be aware of hull slap. If you're leaning the boat too far to one side, you may feel some chop hitting the boat. All these things give away to the fish in the neighborhood that something big is in their presence and can turn them from happy to not so happy really quick. One of the biggest things I see anglers do that gives away their presence is sending out vibrations from the boat when they're making a fly cast. A lot of anglers shift their weight from their right to left foot as they make a cast and they really get into it. But when they're doing that, they're rocking the boat just slightly and they're sending out a tiny wake out from each side of the boat. That gives the same feel to those fish on their lateral lines that a dolphin or an alligator or some other large predator would make when it was approaching them. So be careful when you make your cast that you're not sending out bad vibes. And if you notice that you have a problem with shifting your weight from your right to left foot often, try bringing your feet a little closer together when you make those casts, and hopefully that'll help not send out those signals to the fish that you're sneaking up on them. Another part of being sneaky and concealing yourself is concealing your cast. A lot of fish in very shallow water are spending as much time looking up for predators as they are looking down for prey items. Be careful not to throw a shadow of a fly line over the fish as you're making that cast. So lead those fish, and also in your false cast, be casting short of the fish. Shoot that line a few feet on that last cast so that your false casts are not coming right over the head of the fish. I've seen plenty of redfish spook out when a false cast flies above them. It's hard to believe something as small as a piece of fly line can freak them out, but it absolutely can if they are on edge. Same thing with cast placement. Rarely do fish in very shallow water like having a fly smacked on top of their face or their back. So be aware of how far you may need to lead that fish with the fly so that they don't feel it come down on them. Make them think that they found it not that you found them. Another good habit when sight casting fish in salt water is to never lose contact with your fly. That's got a few different meanings and I'll try to explain here. I mean both visually and physically don't lose contact with your fly. First off, when you're in ready position, keep contact with that fly. Hold it in your hand or hold the tippet right above the fly because if you let it wander off the side of the boat, at least in the marsh around here, you're very likely to get it snagged on some grass and a fouled up fly when you make a cast to a redfish isn't very enticing to them if you can even get it unhooked from the grass to make that cast. Another way to not lose contact with your fly is to not let go of the line when you shoot it on your cast. A lot of anglers, when they make that cast to their fish, they let loose of the line with their hand and the line shoots out and lands and then they take that same hand that they just let go of the fly line with and they reach down, they take their eye off the fly and they take their hand and now they're feeling around trying to find their fly line and they grab it and then they start stripping. And those couple seconds where they didn't have contact with their fly may have been the couple seconds when they have an opportunity to strip that fly in front of that fish's face. They've also took their eye off the fly. So now when they look back up, they don't know exactly where that fly is laying relative to where the fish is swimming. Another important factor when you're making that cast is to keep your rod tip down. When you shoot that line and that fly is unrolling out towards your fish, drop your rod tip at the same time that the fly is dropping to the water. 
so that your rod tip is only a few inches above the water and you make that first strip and there's no slack in your fly line and the fly reacts and moves with your strip. A lot of anglers who don't fish often in salt water will make a fly cast and stop their rod tip four or five feet above the water and then when the fly hits the water, there's four or five foot of slack between their rod tip and the water surface. And even if they drop their rod tip at that point and start stripping, they have to strip in four or five foot of slack before the line comes completely tight and the fly starts moving. Most of the time the fish has moved on at this point and you missed your shot. Also be mindful while you're stripping your line to not lift your rod tip and drop it again, introducing unneeded slack into your fly line. The whole point is to always have contact with your fly and keep your line tight with no slack so that when you make your cast, the second that fly hits the water, that first strip you make in front of that fish, your fly is already reacting and moving to it. There's no need to introduce slack into your line and then waste time trying to strip that slack in before your fly starts moving. Wasted time or lost shots at fish. Another part of not losing contact with your fly is making sure that you strip strike in the salt water. Often freshwater anglers are used to trout setting or lifting their rod to set a hook on a fish such as a bluegill or a trout or a bass. Most saltwater fish have a hard mouth and trout setting or lifting your rod to strike the fish will not drive the hook far enough into their mouth to actually get a hook set, resulting in a fish that swims away and then spits the hook when he turns to run back at you. The last part of not losing contact with your fly is keeping tension during the fight. I've seen anglers hook a redfish and they're so excited to put the fish on the reel that they go straight to reeling the line onto the reel, trying to get all that slack line off the deck of the boat and onto the reel, and the fish makes a run back to them. They lose tension on their line and the fish spits the hook. If the fish needs to get on the reel, he'll put himself on the reel. Otherwise, focus on keeping tension on the line and on the fish at all times. Keep your rod bent, pulling the opposite direction that the fish is running, and don't lose contact with your fly, and don't lose contact with your fish. Okay, here's the final good habit for saltwater anglers who are sight fishing fish on fly. Be ready for the eat. Expect the eat, and that way you're not shocked by it and miss an opportunity when a fish does strike. When you sight cast a fish, watch your fly and watch the fish as he approaches it. Expect that he's going to eventually eat it and already have in mind what you're going to do when he eats. Sometimes, if a fish eats a fly approaching it, you may not even feel the fish strike because he's coming at the boat faster than you are stripping the fly. In other scenarios, like casting in the grass, you have slack in your fly line, and a fish may hard charge a fly and crush it, but it may not come tight right away because of the slack in the fly line going between the blades of grass. So watch your fish, watch for the eat, and expect the eat. Be mentally prepared that the fish is going to eat and know that you're going to strip strike that fish when he does so. You're going to pull that line back swiftly while keeping the rod still pointed at the fish. One or two hard pulls back with your stripping hand until that line comes tight. Then you can lift your rod and fight the fish. In a game like sight fishing fish on the flats, eats don't come often. And due to the fact that eats don't come often, anglers are often surprised when the fish does eat and they go back to their normal trout roots of lifting that rod tip to set that hook. If you cast to a fish 
and you're stripping the fly, even if you don't see a fish at that moment, keep in mind, if something comes tight, I'm going to keep the rod tip pointed at my fly and I'm going to strip hard until I come tight to whatever I've connected with. Well, those are a few thoughts on good habits that will help a saltwater angler when sight casting to fish on the flats or any other scenarios. A lot of those things I would even use if I was fishing along the beach here for false albacore. Knowing what I'm looking for, always being ready, being sneaky. I mean, the approach is different to fish in the ocean blitzing than fish on the flats, but still a stealthy approach is important. Not losing contact with my fly. A lot of alby eats happen in the first two strips when you throw that fly in there. Having slack in your fly means missed opportunities. You know, expecting that eat from those fish. All those things are pretty universal no matter where you're sight casting fish on the flats. Whether it's coastal North Carolina or the Seychelles. I hope these tips on good habits for saltwater anglers help you guys out a little bit the next time you go out on the water in pursuit of sight casting fish on fly. I just really want to thank you guys again for all the support and all the great feedback I've gotten so far. Having fun with this and I appreciate you all for listening. If today's episode helped you out at all, really appreciate it if you guys could give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform and also give it a share with your friends on social media. Have a great one and we'll see you next week.